Wellness Force Radio, episode 22. If you have, you know, a movement that you're leading, a message inside of you, a book that you want to put out there, a product you want to launch, don't wait to be without fear. Like, that doesn't exist. You know, every high achiever experiences fear on a daily basis. And when I talk about being fearless, I mean having the courage and the confidence and the commitment to go do that thing that scares you. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Wellness Force Radio, welcome back for another inspirational and educational show. I am your host, Josh Trent, and thank you so much for spending a little slice of your day, whatever you're doing right now, walking the dog, doing CrossFit, going for a run, or even at home taking care of the kids. Thank you for being here. As always, this show is where we track down the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are the thought leaders. They dedicate their lives to empowering others with knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. It is so easy to support the show right now, and it makes a world of difference. All you have to do is tap the screen on your iPhone to the podcast app, and you'll discover all the links and show notes. Look for that link that says rate and review. Take a quick 30 seconds. Leave us a five-star rating and quick review in iTunes. This will allow me to keep serving this amazing community and bringing on the most amazing and inspiring guests who can give us more power to lead more wellness in our lives. Now, let's get into the show. Today's show show is special to me. We get to talk to number one best-selling author, coach, and founder of the Fearless Life Academy, Peter Scott. Peter, welcome to the show. Josh, thank you for having me, brother. It's a pleasure to be here. This is cool. I feel like serendipitously, we have come across each other's life paths. I, I feel like four people told me about you before we actually met up in person. Likewise, man. I remember the first intro happening when I was in Chicago going through UPW and I was so excited for us to connect and we finally just did. So it's, uh, it's really a privilege, man, to be on here with you. This is so cool, man. I, I want to read your bio to the listeners who may not know about you yet, but this show is going to be powerful and I guarantee it's going to singe a memory of you in their brain. Here's a quick bio on Peter. Peter Scott is the founder of the Fearless Life Academy and the number one best-selling author of The Fearless Mindset. He's one of the top mindset and fitness mentors for high-achieving entrepreneurs in the world. But Peter's life was consumed by fear at a very young age, having to tell his mother at 10 years old that she was no longer suitable to raise him because of her alcoholism, and later, having to watch his father give up on life and drink himself to death. Since then, he's dedicated his life to empowering others to leverage fitness as a tool to overcome their fears, doubts, and limiting beliefs. Peter, such a powerful bio. And I just want to ask you, you know, when you had that, that moment when you were younger, what was that like being 10 years old? Did you know where that road was going to lead you? What were you feeling at that stage? Man, Josh, at 10 years old, I had no idea how that experience was going to impact my life. You know, I, uh, I, I, what I call was raised in chaos. You know, I had two parents that loved me deeply, but they battled tremendously with alcoholism and drug addiction. And it's all that I saw growing up. You know, my mom was going in and out of rehab centers and I was living with different parts of my family and I just couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, with a, a upbringing like that, I was literally 
consumed by fear, like my entire life. And, and, you know, when you ask in this moment, what was it like for most of my life, Josh, I didn't even remember those experiences because I blocked them out, out of a protection mechanism. And Mm. it wasn't until, you know, a good friend and mentor of mine really dove deep into a vulnerable conversation with me where I shared it for the first time. This was about two years ago. And he said, this is your story. This is, you know, what you've had to overcome is absolutely tremendous. And it's actually how I found my message and my movement is through those painful experiences in my own life. And I know you can relate to that and and I hope the listener can relate to that. There's so much power in the most painful experiences of our life. Gosh, and I I got goosebumps as you were talking because there's many times in every human being's existence that they go through trials and ordeal. I am a fan of of Joseph Campbell's work where he talks about the hero's journey. And I know that that you and I even touched on that in person. Today's show, we're going to really unravel not just how fitness is a vehicle for transformation, but also in your book, we're going to touch on the beliefs, the non-negotiable beliefs that people must embrace to actually integrate them into their lives. And then fears and money. These are the things that, you know, I think it's this triangle of three. It's our relationships, our finances, and our health. Those are the big three. And if those are in alignment, everything else can flourish. So before we jump in even deeper to the show, um, it's very clear to me right now, and I'm sure it is to anyone listening, that you have had a trial and ordeal. You have turned tragedy into triumph. But before we dive into these beliefs in your book, I'm curious if you could share something that people might not know about you. You know, you've been all over the media and, and all over the internet, but what's something fun that people might not know about you something fun well i uh i'm uber committed and terrified at the same time of learning how to surf right now so i moved out i moved out to san diego about a year and a half ago and i've been surfing a handful of times and the second time i ever went out josh i was stung by a stingray literally the second time man i was in the water and i was like what is this what beach were you at where were you it was actually in solana beach it was fletcher's cove Oh, you're at Fletcher Cove? Oh, boy. Yeah, it was. And man, it was so painful. Had to put my foot in a bucket of hot boiling water for like two hours. And uh, it it led to some real resistance about getting back into the water. And actually, I have a live event coming up in two weeks where I'm actually hiring surf instructors to take the entire group through a face your fear surfing experience. And that's as much for them as it is for me, because I want to get over this fear and get up on my, on that first wave. And, you know, now that I'm living steps from the ocean, it's something that I'm, I'm highly committed to learning. So, Oh man, that is awesome. And I mean, it's something that I know is going to really impact people. And let's talk about impact your book, number one, best-selling author. Congratulations, by the way, man. Thank you so much, Josh. It was such a journey, man. And I've had so much fear and resistance about putting this out there of sharing my story and really like being concerned about what my family will think. So uh, one big takeaway I just want to share for the, the listener is that if you have you know, a movement that you're leading, a message inside of you, a book that you want to put out there, a product you want to launch, don't wait to be without fear. Like that doesn't exist. You know, every high achiever experiences fear on a daily basis. And when I talk about being fearless, I mean having the courage and the confidence and the commitment to go do that thing that scares you. So thank you for acknowledging that because this is not an easy road. And and it's a beautiful title. 
the fearless mindset, because as you and I talked about in pre-show, the fear is always going to be there. It's just acknowledging it. And I'm curious if you could just explain this. There's a piece in your book and you talk about how being fit gets you paid. There are a lot of people that are scared to begin fitness. This is a show where we always dive into the best and the brightest in what drives the needle for people in fitness and wellness, but also behavior change. Have you come across a few key principles from the people that you work with that can actually spark them into accepting that being fit actually gets them paid? Yes, absolutely. I have. Number one is getting crystal clear on your purpose of why you want to be fit. You know, fit is kind of a surface level term, right? It's more about the aesthetics of your body, how you look. But there's so much more depth to that in terms of the energy that you have, your clarity of thought, your focus, your ability to produce value in the world. All of those things are what create money in your business. You know, if you're not living at your full capacity, then you're not reaching your highest potential financially. And I know that the months that I'm most committed to my fitness, Josh, and you probably can relate to this, are the months when I'm crushing it in business and having the biggest impact in the world. So for the listener that looks at it as saying, this is a great idea, I see value in this, but I'm scared. I don't know where to start or I'm so far from where I want to be. The key that I want to share and the most important principle is number one, getting clear on that destination, but number two, breaking it down into what you're committed to doing today. Hmm. Because if you don't have that clarity and if you focus on something 90 days or a year from where you are now, it can feel so overwhelming. Um, So a friend of mine, Michael Fishman, actually, we were talking about this and we came up with a concept called start one, stop one. All you need to do is start one new habit and stop one bad habit. That's it. Like that's it. No radical diet, no insane fitness routine. Just start one good thing and stop one bad thing. And literally over time, your life will completely transform. Hmm. It's powerful too. Something you you touched on in your book was starting your day with intense exercise and your intensity might be different than Joe or Jane Smith's intensity. What does that look like for you to actually start your day with movement? What type of movement do you start your day with to compound this belief of, of fitness actually unlocking financial abundance? Absolutely. So number one, I always look at how can I make fitness fun? Because I can't tell you how many times, Josh, I've worked with like a personal trainer who would hear my goals and say, oh, here you go. Just go run on a treadmill and, you know, Ugh, blow my head off, blow my head. off. Exactly, man. <laughs> I would rather watch paint dry. Like I don't care how great the results would be that I would get from that. I would never stay committed. So I was thinking on this journey of, especially when I, you know, became incredibly busy and things like that. How can I look forward to and fall in love with the experience of fitness? And for me, it's being outdoors. It's being with friends. It's having variety. So you know, one big foundation of my, of my fitness is actually CrossFit and CrossFit works for a lot of people. And sometimes it's a little too intense for some people, Hmm. but for me, it just, I feel like it produces power instead of praise. You know, a lot of people work out for praise, you know, being acknowledged for looking better. I, I work out literally to create power, like the, the ability to take massive action. That's what drives me to show up and move my body every single day. Mm. Um, and I switch between CrossFit and yoga and weight training and running and 
soon to be surfing <laughs> once nice. I overcome the, and experience that fear face to face. Um, but variety is the most important thing and having fun. I was having some serious aha moments when I read your book and something that came up for me real strong was you yeah. talked about the, the fearless fitness lies and I'm not going to list them all cause I want people to check this out. But number three was huge for me. Number three, my genetics are the reason I'm not fit. Extrapolate on that. I mean, this is, I, I was recognized through a blood test a couple years ago as mm-hmm. having the APOE four gene, which means that naturally my triglycerides are higher than most people. Okay. But through recognizing that, I, instead of victimizing myself and saying, well, I'm supposed to be fat. God wants me to be fat. I chose a different route. And, and that route is something that I work on. How did you come across creating these, these fitness lies? And why did you choose number three of being my genetics are the reason I'm not fit? Great question. The lies came up really from the work that I did in mentoring entrepreneurs on their fitness. I noticed their biggest fears, their biggest objections became these lies. And they were consistent. They, they were consistent across the board. The ones of, you know, I don't have enough time or fitness is boring or my genetics are the reason, you know, why I'm not fit. Those are the big things that have slowed or stopped people down from reaching their goals. And Josh, I'm such a believer that health and fitness, man, it's the foundation to your quality of life. It doesn't matter how much money you're making if you are neglecting your health and you don't feel good in your body. So, you know, for the people that have, you know, that belief that their family has always told them, you know, you just come from a family that will never be fit and this is just the way you are. It's like, you know, Here's here's the thing. When I was raised and in the environment was that I was raised in, I was told at a young age that I was destined destined to become an alcoholic. Hmm. It was already written in stone. It was in my blood. I would hear it from grandparents of mine, from other friends, and I just became so committed to not accept a prediction that did not serve me. I was like, this doesn't serve me. This prediction does not serve me. So I'm going to create what I want my existence to look like. And that translates to fitness for those people that have been told their genetics are the reason why they're not fit. It's like you have the responsibility today to make new choices. I believe that our life is a result of our daily choices and actions, nothing else. It's not the environment that we're in. It's literally what we choose to do every day. And the only person at the end of the day who is the decision maker is us. So when we take responsibility for that, you can overcome lies and, 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 and fears like the one you just shared. Mm, so powerful, man, because fear is the reason why people don't take action. Would you agree? I mean, this is something that's touched on in your book and you wrote yes. about the two four fear factor, which I thought was really cool. Explain to the Wellness Horse Radio audience, what is the two four fear factor? What does that okay. mean? Okay. So number one is there are two types of fear. There are rational fears that keep you alive that are good. And there are irrational fears that keep you from living. That fear that you were just talking about, Josh, of, of the fear of not starting, the real fear underlining that are irrational fears, like the fear of failing, the fear of judgment, the fear of not being enough. Those things stop people in their tracks. And when I wrote this book, I had the privilege of interviewing some of the highest, most successful entrepreneurs I know, and every single one of them experienced fear. So I knew it wasn't a thing of being without fear. The difference was that they looked at their irrational fears as an opportunity to go do that thing. And what I want the listener to take away is that rational fears and irrational fears, they feel the same in your body. You know, your heart beats faster. You begin to breathe more shallow. The key is to have the awareness to call out what an irrational fear is. You gave an important keynote presentation recently 
about a week ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you felt some of that fear. And whatever that fear was, was totally irrational. And you overcame it because you stepped on stage and shared your message and impacted the audience you were in front of. That's the two for fear factor. God, man, it's so powerful. I'm sitting here nodding my head. I wish you could <laughs> see me, but I, I am I am in alignment with what you're saying for two reasons. The first one is, yeah, fear chemically, it activates that sympathetic branch in our nervous system. So we are psyched, whether it's a lion chasing us or standing on a stage, it's the yes. same emotional feeling, right? And then the other half of that is like, well, wait a minute, fear doesn't always need to direct my actions. So I, I loved how you created this two, four fear factor. This is awesome. But now, I mean, let, let's dive into like, what what is the common types of fear? You talk about, the four types. And yep. I want to read them really quickly and then we'll dive into each one. So first would be the fear of failure. Next, the fear of rejection or disapproval, the fear of unknown. And lastly, the fear of being poor. Let's touch on the fear of the unknown. Cause that's one for me that I've always struggled with. Okay. So I love this because when I launched my business two years ago, I had no idea how I was going, like what my message was. I didn't know how I was going to build a business, who my, my target demographic was. I didn't know any of that. And so I had to embrace this unknown in front of me. And a lot of people will say, you've got to get crystal clear on your vision, right? A lot of people suggest that. And I, and I work with clients on doing that. And what I know to be true is this clarity. And I want the listener to write this down. Clarity is a result, not a requirement. Clarity is a result from taking action towards in the direction of what you think you're wanting to create. You know, you may not know exactly how to do that, but every step you take, you get clearer and clearer on the path ahead of you. You know, you envision walking through a dark cave, right? And it's pitch black and you have a flashlight and the flashlight illuminates just a portion of your journey in front of you. You don't see the destination, but you see 30 feet in front of you. And every step you take forward, it illuminates more and more of the path until you reach the destination. Like right now, Everyone listening to us, to this, including myself and Josh, you two, none of us have the eyes to see what we're truly capable of. Like the, the, the people we're going to become in the next six months or year, we don't even know that that's possible in this moment. So to let go of that fear of the unknown, embrace it, and just continue to be committed to taking action in the direction of your dreams, that is what accelerates results. God, I love this because I'm flashing back six years <laughs> prior. Have you seen The Secret, the documentary, The Secret? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. When you made the analogy, Peter, of the headlights in front of the car, you flashed yes. me back to Jack Canfield. That's exactly what he talked about. Uh, that's how he wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. He was like, all right, I know what I want to do. I want to help people. I'm not exactly sure of how I'm going to yes. do that, but yes. I'm just going to take committed, progressive action. So that was huge. Thank you for for touching on that. Let's jump into fear of rejection. I mean, from the time we're kids to the time we're, you know, late adults, nobody wants to be rejected. I mean, how how do people use the fear of rejection for fuel? Oh my gosh, I have this has been probably my biggest fear. And the reason is because of the environments that I was growing up in and the things like that with the challenges I had with parents, I became uh, a what I call a recovering people pleaser. I wanted everyone to like <laughs> me, everyone to accept me, everyone to approve of me. And it became inauthentic because I was afraid of rejection. I didn't want to be rejected. And what I've learned is that at the end of the day, and one of the, one of the unstoppable beliefs that I write down in this book is this, um, I am the primary decision maker at the center of my own existence. 
That is such a powerful belief. I'm a pro- I am the primary decision maker at the center of my own existence. It's powerful because it allows you to live at cause instead of effect. It allows you to take responsibility. It allows you to not even care about rejection. Like the Richard Bransons of the world, the, the, the Elon Musks, they have faced rejection after rejection. And that is why they've reached the level in life that they are right now. So it's like I've almost committed to, to, to seek and experience rejection as often and as quickly as possible. Hmm. And it doesn't feel good in the moment, but I know that that builds a muscle of more courage, more, more confidence, and that just gets me in a more action-oriented state. Hmm. I, I love that you mentioned this because the, the, these four common fears, I mean, yes. these are the big ones. And for me, like early on, when I first started being a trainer, I came from a place of scarcity. I was like, I got to get clients. I got to get clients. I had this fear of being poor. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious, like, have you dealt with this fear of being poor in your own life? And how do you, how do you take that and extrapolate that to give clients value from that? Absolutely. I have, you know, I started my career actually in investment banking and it was a career where I was making a lot of money, but I was disconnected from my purpose. And when I transitioned out of that, I was working in personal development for a few years. But when I launched my business, Josh, I, I did it the week I lost my sole source of income. So the money that was coming in evaporated overnight and I was terrified. I was so scared how I was going to pay next month's rent. And I was talking with him with a mentor of mine and he suggested instead of focusing on how to get security, focus on how to serve others. And this sounds so basic, but it's so powerful. Instead of calling somebody and saying, help me, help me, help me, reach out to them and say, how can I help you? And if I can't, who do I know that can? And when you come from a place of servant service, you literally view the world more abundantly and you see opportunities that you would not normally see. Hmm. And there's one key principle I want to share here. The fastest way to lose anything is to live in the fear of its loss. So if you fear losing money, you are literally energetically rejecting money. If you fear losing love, you are rejecting love. And the the metaphor I want to use is imagine I ask you to carry water with your hands from point A to point B. And if you try to squeeze that water as tight as you can out of fear of losing it, you're going to drive it out. You're going to lose it. If you open your hands in a more just less attached way, you're able to actually fill your hands with water and transport it from point A to point B. So the fastest way to lose anything is to live in the fear of its loss. And the best way to transform scarcity into abundance is to focus on serving and creating as much value as you possibly can for your clients and the world. Mm. Man, goosebumps for the second time because (laughs) value is something that always isn't easy if you don't have a lot of value within yourself. And I feel like there's been times throughout my journey, and I know other people can just raise their hand and say, hell yes. There are moments in life where we don't feel like giving. But, you know, ironically, those are the moments that we need to give the most. Can you talk about maybe moments in your life where you've experienced that or really what that means? Like unpack when you don't want to give how important it is to actually give. Yes. Yeah. So in those moments when I don't want to give, when I'm feeling a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, um, what I often do is I have this inner circle in my life of close friends that I highly respect. And 
you know, I call them because I want to catch up with them, number one. And number two, I call them because I want to figure out how I can serve and support them because I love them, like really, really dear friends of mine. And when I do that, they, from when they receive kind of me being able to create value for them, they naturally want to know what's going on in my life and support me. And the more I surround myself with people that are living this abundant life and, you know, creating massive value in their business and having deeply connected, passionate love relationships. It's literally like my life becomes that way. You know, we've all heard you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with, but it's so true. So like who is in your corner? Who are you associating with? In those times of scarcity, what I used to do is I used to like almost become seclusive and keep to myself because I didn't want to admit the challenges I was going through. I've become so vulnerable and it has like, created so much freedom and liberation in my life to just be real that by doing that people can relate and now they actually, you know, want to help me and support me in my growth. Mm. So, yeah. So yeah, that's it. I don't resonate with people that, that don't get vulnerable anymore because there was a time in my life where I was just faking it till I made it. And especially in the fitness industry, as I'm sure you're aware of, there is this aura of unless you are six packed, unless you have the perfect persona, you're preaching positivity and motivation, then you're not perceived as being quote successful. But yeah. what's really happening behind the scenes is every single one of us deals with negative voices, fears, beliefs, things like this. And the more that we can shine light on these ridiculous negative things, then it takes the power out of them. And I'm curious, has there been one or two or three or I don't know, 50 <laughs> beliefs <laughs> that, that you have let go of, maybe a handful of key beliefs that other people can relate to that you've given the gift of goodbye to? Yes. I think the biggest one is letting go of that, that attachment to perfection of looking perfect, of looking like I had everything together because, you know, I was raised to live that way in a way. I was raised where um, my family told me never to talk about the challenges I grew up in because it would ruin our family name and hmm. it would impact people. And so I, I, I started to lie. I started to hide. I was never my authentic self literally for like 27 years of my life. Um, and I just became so committed to being as authentic as I possibly could and just being vulnerable. Like I noticed when I, when I started to share a message, there are times when I came from this place of perfection and it wouldn't get any response or engagement or impact anyone's life. And then I start sharing a really deep, dark challenge that I was going through, but I do it in a way of making it relevant, of teaching a lesson, you know, of saying, okay, this is my real raw reality right now. And this is how it's relevant to you. When you teach a lesson, people relate to that and they want to learn more. And I think that my following has grown because of that level of vulnerability and my just ruthless commitment to say, I am not perfect. There are days when I'm challenged in business, when I don't feel like going to the gym, all of these things show up in my life. That makes me real relatable and it allows me to create the most value I possibly can. Others. And, and now like just hearing you say that, I'm like, damn, Peter's cool. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just hearing you open up about like being vulnerable. That is the power. That is what I had to go through last week talking about people. And, and actually, Peter, it's interesting, man, that the title of my talk was speak your truth. 
And speaking, oh, speaking yes. your truth is not easy. I mean, it's something where in my life, <clears throat> one of the last things I want to touch on before we say goodbye is money. I know that in your chapter on money, there is a ton of pieces of, of gems that I pulled and I actually scribbled them down on a notebook. But one of the things I've gone through in my own life with my dad was when I was a kid, I decided early on that my dad chose work over me. And that meant that people that make money are bad and people that make money don't care about other people. I apologize to him for that because I learned later on that money is not evil. Money's energy and it yes. flows. It flows just like energy flows, right? Depending on the source. And, and you reminded me of that again in your book. And I want to read a quote here. Um, so you state this in your money chapter. Money is stored energy, your work, your sweat, your thinking, your talents. This is what is contained within the money in your wallet. What did you mean by that? Money is ultimately a byproduct of value creation. So we are all made of energy. And the fastest way to create more wealth and money in your life is to create the most amount of value and offer the most amount of energy you possibly can. It's an exchange. It's a it's an exchange of energy. So by you creating a product and service, Josh, and me paying for it, I'm exchanging my hard hard-worked energy for your exchange of hard-worked energy. And it's literally an energetic transaction, something that's positive. Because you know that your product and service will create value in my life. I see that. I'm willing to invest in you to achieve whatever result I think that you can help me get. That's how I view money. And I can relate, man. When I was in investment banking, I had such a misguided view of success. I thought that life was about having suits and fast cars and a mansion and all these material possessions. Now, I'm not putting those things down, but you've got to want those things for the right reasons. I wanted them because I thought that's how I felt loved and respected and powerful and confident. All those feelings that we want, that we associate with money, we can create on our own. You know, when you come from that place of unattachment, of serving others and then feeling an abundant place and actually like really doing the work, like you got to work your tail off, right? Mm -hmm. To like build a business. Like I, you know, I love the secret and I thought that the law of attraction without work and without action is a complete recipe for disaster. To wait for money to show up in your life is not the way to do it. It's to get crystal clear on how you're being called to serve and be ruthlessly committed to like take massive action and doing that on a daily basis because by doing so, your tribe will be created, your um, and it'll just create the marketplace for you to create the most value and obviously get paid to do it. <laughs> I love that you brought up the secret again, because I'm visualizing that scene where the kid wanted the bike. Do you remember that? And he was like, he was holding the bike and he was in a tent yes. with a flashlight and he was like shining. I want this bike. And then his grandpa bought him the bike. <laughs> you remember yes, that scene? Well, the, the one and, that drove me nuts was a guy who like just was wishing for checks to show up in the mail and then they showed up. It's right. like, I, I can't tell, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have that mindset of if I just sit here and think more and it's like, no, like, yes, thinking is important and, and visualizing and manifesting and it requires work and you got to do the work and, and, and create in reality what it is that's ultimately going to earn the income that you want. Oh, man, I feel like you and I could talk for hours. And the last couple of questions I have are around mentorship and around wellness. So the, the one of two is the first one being fear of moving forward. We've touched on it already. And you had this really powerful quote where you said earlier in the show, um, uh, clarity, clarity is a result 
not a requirement. And you go on later in the book to say that most people watch their entire lives pass them by, by waiting for the clarity they feel is necessary before they take action, creating the life of their dreams. Have you worked with anybody in particular or even in your own story where you can really highlight this point and so people can unpack this and understand it? Yes. Um, When I didn't have the eyes to see how to build my business and how to share a message with the world, what I did was I found somebody who had the results that I wanted. I got crystal clear on what what I wanted to create in business. I found somebody who had done that and who was mentoring others to do that. And I invested tens of thousands of dollars in this person to help accelerate my results. Could I have done it on my own, Josh? Absolutely. But it would have taken me five years. You know, to have an opportunity to compress five years into six months or into a year, that's the power and the reason why it's so important to invest in yourself. And it's never going to be easy. I want the listener to take that away. There's never going to be a time when you're like, oh, cool. Okay, yeah, sure. I've got $5,000 sitting around or 20000 or whatever it is. It's always going to feel uncomfortable. And that is your greatest opportunity to grow because it creates an opportunity to make a significant commitment in your life. And when you do that, when you find a mentor who can support you in the results that you want, it literally lights your life on fire. And you turn around six months or a year from now, and the life you're living today is unrecognizable from the life that you started with. I'm curious when you talk about this commitment One of the things that I know in in my life in order to be committed is I have to have integrity around my commitment. So if I'm not fulfilling on the tasks and actions that I need to take, that I intuitively know I need to take, whether it's with my workouts in fitness or wellness or being an entrepreneur, there's a piece of integrity that I love and it's grit. Grit is inside of integrity Mm, and it, it is hard to do the authentic right thing for what you truly believe in. How do you overcome the voices that say, you know what, just chill on the couch today because your dream, your vision, it doesn't have to happen today. You can do it tomorrow. How do you overcome that thought? Yes. Biggest belief that I, one of the biggest beliefs I carry with me is that this is about a purpose that is bigger than me or anything around me. My business is connected to a purpose that is bigger than me or anything around me. It's not about just the money. If it was about the money, Josh, then those days when I feel lazy, when those days like I, where I don't feel like showing up in the workout or showing up and, and doing something in my business, then of course I'm going to slack off of that. But if I stay connected to the impact that I'm having in the world and know that integrity is the most important thing. If I don't like those days when I don't feel like going to the gym, I go oftentimes not for me, but because I ask my clients to do that. And I would be a fraud if I held my clients to a standard that I wasn't willing to live at. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's getting so one of my favorite phrases is this, you don't get what you want. You don't get what you think you deserve. You get what you are committed to. And commitment shows where you invest your time, your energy, and your money. And as long as you are living what you are teaching, you will be successful. If you are living what you are teaching, then it will make you a better teacher. You will be more congruent, more committed. People will be drawn to you more, and you will ultimately have a much bigger impact in the world than you could ever imagine. Who are some of the biggest mentors you've had that have helped you create this mental framework of success? Who are your top three? Do you have three people that you've really I do. leaned on? Three, that's funny. Three is exactly who I thought of. Number one would be Sean Stevenson. 
Sean is my best friend. I call him a friend tour actually because we started as mentors and we've grown to be best friends. And his level of authenticity, he is the one who helped actually uncover my story through the conversation I shared earlier that you know, I, I wasn't able to even admit my upbringing until a conversation with Sean. And I became really raw and vulnerable with him. And, and he's a living example of, of the kind of man I want to become. Another is a man named John Butcher, who's been a mentor of mine since 2010. He's a CEO of Precious Moments, which is a billion-dollar company. He, uh, he owns a company called Lifebook in Chicago. And he has the highest quality of life that I've ever seen. He is in, in amazing shape crushing it financially, uh, connected to a purpose bigger than him, has a deeply connected love relationship with his wife, Missy, is an incredible father. Like he has it all. And then the final mentor would be uh, Garrett White. Garrett White helped me during one of the darkest times of my life. He was my first paid mentor. Um, I invested $20,000 of money that I did not have in him when I joined Wake Up Warrior. And he taught me how to connect with my darkness and my pain, pull a message out of it, and then actually taught me how to build my business from scratch. So those are the three that have had the biggest impact on me. And actually there's one I want to, another one I want to mention. Bonus. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is probably the most important. My grandfather, my grandfather's no longer living. Um, he passed away a few years ago, but he, uh, is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever known. He's a brilliant man, highly successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, um, great husband. And he, uh, he helped raise me and he was the man that I always aspired to become like from the moment I could remember when I was like six years old. So those are the, those are the men that had the biggest impact in my life. Well, Peter, I mean, I'm guaranteed that his energy and his persona is looking down or at you and saying, I'm so proud of what you've created. Cause I am too, man. I mean, just meeting you, you and seeing with the energy you're putting out there and the way you're serving the world, it's admirable. My last question before we say goodbye is, is this is a really powerful one and everyone has a unique answer. What is wellness to you? Hmm. Wellness is living your life in alignment with your values is living a life committed to vitality, to energy, and to creating the most value you possibly can in the world. Like it's, it's prioritizing your body as a foundation to everything you want to create in your life. It's not just about surface level results and changing in your body. It's about the way you feel, the way you think, the way you show up in people's lives. The whole pack, wellness is everything to me. Drop the mic. <laughs> I love it. Well, where can people learn more about designing a fearless life and, and, and yeah. Peter Scott? There's a few spots. So one is my blog, designafearlesslife.com. Um, number two is for anyone uh, who has resonated with this interview, I want to give you a gift. Um, I created some incredible bonuses for the writing of my book, The Fearless Mindset. So if the listener goes to the fearlessmindsetbook.com, they can download all the interviews that I did with the, the, the highly successful entrepreneurs, Sean Stevenson, Jesse Elder, um, Garrett Gunderson, just really extraordinary people. There's a free four-part video series there. And the final thing is if anyone is interested in actually really coming face-to-face with conquering their fears, I run a three-day Fearless Life Experience event in San Diego uh, for those that are committed to doing that. And they can check that out at fearlesslifeexperience.com. 
Thank you, Peter. So right now, if you're, you have the headphones on and you're listening on an iPhone, you can literally just tap the graphic on the phone. It'll pull up that link to get all the gifts and the information on Peter. So Peter Scott, be more, act now, fear less. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Josh. Absolute pleasure, my friend. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio.